Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Cantrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Hey, you guys, welcome to Moms in Real Estate. It's Kristen Cantrell. And today I have in studio Casey Fleming. She is a Arizona native, a realtor of 16 years, a foodie, married to a Marine, and I can't wait to dive into her journey in real estate. So Casey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've got it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so you said a great little summary. Um, I come from a real estate family, and my parents just kind of did that my whole life, and they had me later in life. My mom was 41 when I was born, and so it just kind of meant I went along for the ride with my family, and I literally learned real estate like I learned to ride a bike. I think it's so funny because I hear so many teenagers that their moms are real estate agents and they're like, I will never get into real estate. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. That was me. That was you. My mom still reminds me daily. She's like, remember when you proclaimed you will not get into real estate? And then I turned 18 and marched my little butt down to real estate school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what? I got my real estate license when I was 18. I let it go. But I'm telling you when I was 18 and my parents were not in real estate, I didn't understand anything in that real (laughs) estate school. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. I think, you know, just like you have learned over time, what you learn in real estate school isn't what you actually do day to day. So even though I had the experience, Mm -hmm. I really Still didn't know what I was doing in class. It's the hardest test ever. (laughs) I know. So was it, do you feel like, um, were your parents excited when you got into real estate? Yes, for sure. My parents are both entrepreneurial. Um, I'm my dad's only child. Mm -hmm. And so he really wanted a boy, like this whole thing. And then so at least me being like his little prodigy. Mm -hmm. So that's why actually in my real estate marketing I hyphenate my last name as like a nod to my parents and what they did out here. So I hyphenate Casey Pastor Fleming for real estate, but legally and formally, I am Casey Fleming. Oh, that is so, that's such a sweet little thing to hear. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, are your parents still in real estate? So technically they've decided that this is the last year they're not renewing their licenses. Uh I'm, I think it's time. Um, Mm -hmm. They haven't actively done real estate for a while. My dad actually, uh, had a really bad motorcycle accident several years ago and mm-hmm. ended up in a coma. Oh my gosh. Um, but he maintained, he still would go to school and maintained his broker's license. I'm like, why? Just He's like, well, you can give us referrals. I'm like, listen, there are other reasons. Like, well, you're fine. I feel like hearing the story you just told me about your dad, I feel like that sounds <laughs> about right. So you have to tell everybody what you just told me. Okay. So again, growing up in a real estate family, my parents are just hustlers. Like, that's just how they are. And they're always looking for better opportunity. And you know, real estate's such a good investment. So if we were showing homes to a client in a good area, in a good school district, if it was a great deal and my dad saw that like my clients or his clients weren't going to write an offer on it, he'd be like, well, wait, I think we should buy this house. And we would just up and move. And it got so bad to the effect of the last time my parents moved, actually, the market was really good in North Scottsdale, well, in, in Arizona in general. They lived in a neighborhood in North Scottsdale. My dad put a sign in their front yard and a little flyer box, created his own flyers, like, you know, phone photos or whatever it was back then, and put a price on the flyer that was like a pipe dream price. Like, if somebody is willing to offer me this price, we are selling, and never thought anything of it. 
And one night my mom and I were calling my dad. We were leaving dance. I took dance my whole life out here. And my mom was just calling to say like, hey, you know, we're coming home. Do you need anything from the grocery store? And he goes, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And she's like, okay, give me the good news first because that's just how my mom rolls. And he goes, uh, I sold our house. And she's like, great. You know, they're in real estate. Which house? He goes, no, 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 our house. She's like, the one we live in? And he's like, yeah. She's like, oh, my gosh. She goes, yeah, somebody came and knocked on the door and offered me the sign price cash. And I agreed. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. He go- She goes, wait, what's the bad news? Mm. He goes, well, he wanted us out in eight days. She goes, eight days? I hope you told him no. He goes, no, I told him yes, the sign price, cash. She's like, where are we going to move to? We don't have a house. It's such a good story. It's like, it's just so funny. And I feel like in real estate, like you have people that are just like that. They're very impulsive. Totally. Oh, for sure. And he just loves real estate and loves houses. So it was just like, oh, we, you know, we see homes every day. We'll just figure it out. We'll find a house, you know, we'll make it work. And we did. So did you work with them like as a team when you first got in? So when I first got my license, I did hang it under my parents' brokerage. We never really worked as a team. I got licensed in 2007, so the timing of the market was less than ideal. Yeah. Um, it was quite chaotic. And then I also started going to ASU at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still got my four-year degree because I was like, you know, this market's a bit chaos. Like, I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket. I want to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad... Well, both my parents have had just various health issues over the years, so they ended up having some health troubles. Um, So after a few years, I ended up transferring my license to a different brokerage, and my dad came and met me in the parking lot my first day at that brokerage and cried. He was like, I just always thought you'd have your license with us, and I'm like, oh, dad. Oh, my gosh. I love your dad. (laughs) He is so sweet. And he's going to listen to this, and he's going to love it. I sure hope so. I think he will. He's, He's a proud papa. Yes, that's so good. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about like your like, you know, you've been in real estate for years at this point and then you hit 30 and you buy another business. Yes. Tell us why. So uh, I have always, again, entrepreneur family, Mm -hmm. always had a, you know, a sweet spot and a heart for entrepreneurship. My hubby and I always thought we'd own a business together. Um, And I was a longtime client of a fitness studio called Pure Bar. So I had a huge passion for the business. And truly, my husband and I were looking at either owning a real estate business of our own or potentially owning what was called a Pure Bar, Mm -hmm. a ballet bar fitness studio. And um, ironically, around the same time that we're hashing out and, you know, really deciding the differences, um, the owner of the studio that I went to approached me and asked if I've ever thought of ownership. And while I didn't anticipate buying somebody else's business, especially, yeah, you know, I look to Kyle and he's just so kind and believes in me so much. He's like, babe, this is the dream. Like, we just figure it out. You don't say no. We just tackle it and see where this goes. I was like, okay. So I love that. We up and bought a business. <laughs> I love that you have like a cheerleader dad and you have a cheerleader husband. Yes. So is your I'm husband, blessed. is he usually in your business with you? Um, so no, he's actually, well, now he's a district manager for AutoZone. Okay. Um, I've tried to get him to get his real estate license on and off for years. He's signed up for classes. He's not finished. (laughs) Um, see, it's that dang test. He's uh, like, nope. Right. For real. (laughs) And he's so good at what he does. Like he's great at running like a team and staff, whereas I'm more like 
I really thrive being a one-man show. Yeah. Um, but when we owned the studio, we did have different counterparts, and we worked really well together as a team. But it was hard because we did each have other full-time careers. Yeah. And then we were both trying to pour so much into that 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 really became, like, our child for a while. Yeah. Um, and where we tried to, you know, work together and, again, definitely have different strengths and weaknesses, which was great but also challenging because we think differently at times and Mm -hmm. well yeah definitely (laughs) I work with I work with multiple married couples and I'm always like I don't know how you guys do it like part of me can see how I could do it and part of me is like no I'm good like I don't know if I want to do that I think I had such a good example from my parents that I think I always wanted that yes um but Kyle definitely, I think, thrives in more structure. As yeah. Well. Like, he can handle corporate. He works for AutoZone, like, a big corporate company. Yeah. Right? Like, structure is his jam. Yep. And me, like, the minute I'm given too much structure, I'm like, how do I leave? Get me out. Seriously. <laughs> I still have PTSD from too much structure. I'm like, I'm never going back. Like, I'm ruined now. <laughs> I know. We are ruined. It's, like, what keeps us moving forward, yes. you know? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, like, the challenges that you had balancing the two businesses? Yeah, so it was a lot because I never wanted anyone to feel like they didn't have my full time and attention. Um, So that meant my real estate clients that were referred to me, I didn't tell them about my business. Mm -hmm. Um, That obviously meant that I was trying to I, I jokingly would say I was finding additional ends of the candle and just lighting them on fire. Forget lighting the candle at both ends. I was finding all the ends and just lighting everything yeah. on fire for the sake of my clients because it's so important to me and mm-hmm. how their experience is handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just definitely felt stretched too thin. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I think now stepping out and really reflecting, I see that so much more than I even did in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just still very grateful for that time because I really did grow and push myself and learn so much Yes, um, that I wouldn't change that for the world. But yeah, definitely. Do you <laughs> feel like if you went back in time that you would still feel that hesitation? The hesitation to tell my yeah. clients? Uh-huh. Yeah. You would? Yeah. And honestly, it comes from people are kind mm-hmm. and that kindness can sometimes not be the right answer for you, right? Like they think they're fixing a problem that you have mm-hmm. when it's not a problem that you have. So yeah. My dad ended up in a really bad motorcycle accident several Mm -hmm. years ago, and he was in a coma. And I didn't tell my clients anything Mm -hmm. about that. And not that they wouldn't have cared, but I told a client in the beginning, and I would go sit with my dad on the, like, in the hospital, Mm -hmm. and I would work on my computer. If I had showings, I would just leave, Mm -hmm. go do showings, or go handle inspections, or whatever it was, and come back and sit next to my dad again. And I told somebody that, and they were like, oh, my gosh, you've got so much going on don't worry, we'll find somebody else to work with. And it's like, I still have to make a living. Yeah. Like, I appreciate you trying to be kind. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's not my problem. Yeah. That you're trying to solve. Like, it comes from a good place. But just from that, like, I just learned, you know, I just, I'd rather hustle and handle it. That's so sad that they said that to you. Because I don't feel like all of your (laughs) clients would have said that to you. You know? And And again, it really comes from caring. Totally. But not everyone works from commissions. Yeah, they don't get get it. You're like, no, 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 I need this more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's such a, that's such a interesting like journey that you've been on and then you closed down the um the studio in 2020 it was when like you were still you still had the studio does anybody remember 2020 and gyms like 
nightmare, right? So tell us like, we have to hear your experience because I feel like that was probably like the, one of the industries that was hit the hardest when COVID happened. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And we bought our studio at the end of 2018 Mm -hmm. and it was like drinking from a fire hose. I had never owned a business like that. I hadn't even worked at a business like that. Mm -hmm. I was a client. (laughs) Yeah. And then suddenly it was like, okay, not only do I have to figure out how to run all this, um, but it's already going, so yeah. I have a lot of catch up to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it finally felt like I was getting my bearings corporate actually for my franchise went over a sale change. So they restructured everything that they did. So it was just a constant learning curve. And then I finally felt like, oh, I can breathe. I've arrived. Mm-hmm. And then a COVID hit mm-hmm. and it just washed everything away. And whomever decided in Arizona that, Gyms and water parks were evidently where COVID. Oh yeah, I forgot ground. about the water parks, girl. I How don't know silly. who decided that was it, but like I, oh my gosh, you feel so responsible, right? Yeah. Like, and I don't know how to not feel that way. I'm an empath, so you know, there. I just kept saying there was no, there's no roadmap for this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like look up how to handle this situation. Yeah. You just have to do the best you can in the moment. Mm-hmm. And ultimately for me, it was taking care of my people mm-hmm. and trying to create as safe of an environment as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I measured out like on the floor, like we taped off stations. I was like, I can have, you know, 10 people in a room. It's okay. And I still had to be closed and I'm a role follower. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't the gym that was like trying to figure it out. Yeah. I was like, this is what I'm told. And, you know, heaven forbid, like I break the rules, quote unquote, and then yeah. somebody, something happens. I just couldn't live with myself. Yeah. So we switched to live stream. Our uh, instructors would come in and one would teach and two would take so that we could keep social distance and mm-hmm. we would record it on like a Facebook live and and our clients would still take online and we would try and do like happy hours like virtually and just keep our little community together. But yeah, it was, there's, like I said, the growth, there's nothing that can prepare you for that. And my yeah. phrase of the years, because it ended up being really kind of 2020 and 2021 that it mm-hmm. all kind of bled together. I just kept saying, you know, I'm trying to find the delicate balance and yeah. all of this because that's all you can do. Yeah. But yeah. That was is hard. such a crazy, like just hearing your perspective on how that happened. It's, it's insane. I had, um, I was uh, getting personal trained by a guy for 10 years in his gym. He had a big like uh, personal training gym and they had, they snuck every, they had like a back door where everyone had to sneak in, but it was crazy. Like he got fined for it. And, but he's like, I have to make a living. Like, he's like, literally, if I don't have this going on, like I have to shut my doors. So just such a sad time. So, oh my gosh, it's impossible. And that's, you know, none of our bills went away. And I think that was the hard yeah. part. It was so much to try and explain the layers mm-hmm. of it all because, you know, of course we would have rather been open and made money. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, clients, a lot of clients ended up canceling, which I understand because yeah. at the end of the day, like virtual only takes you so far. Yeah. But again, none of our, we were a franchise. We had a mm-hmm. lease. We had, you know, all of our royalties. We mm-hmm. had an SBA loan. Everything still was leaving. So many things. Our account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So trying to maintain what we could. Um, but you couldn't fault anybody. But after a certain point, like seeing the cancellations roll in, like I just, yeah, <laughs> I broke down on a level like I can't even explain. But yeah. 
when you climb out the other side, it's really empowering. Yeah, definitely. So did you throw yourself into real estate like as that happened? Thank goodness. I had always tried to maintain my real estate business. Again, yeah. I didn't even tell my real estate clients that I had this studio. Yeah. So I was still doing real estate because the entire time we had this studio, my real estate really needed to fund the studio. Yeah. So I couldn't let it fall all the way off. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely had, you know, maybe not always my great years, but mm-hmm. um, maintained it. And 2020, thankfully, ended up being one of my best years in real estate ever. Yeah. Um. Wow. So I really, but that was what gave me like my purpose still Mm -hmm. because yeah, if I didn't have that kind of like, you know, with my dad's situation, like if you don't have something to wake you up and drive you every day, yeah, then it's really easy to get in a dark spot. Well, and also I think it's, you know, one thing I talk about a lot is the importance of having multiple income streams and look at that exact situation. Mm -hmm. Like if you didn't have your real estate license and you didn't have that to go into and you had all of these bills still going on, like what a blessing that you had real estate to dive into and what a blessing that it was your best year, you know? For sure. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. So (laughs) tell me today now, I mean, we're way past 2020 now, so thank God let's put that far away. (laughs) So tell us about like, where are you at today? What are your, what are you, um, where are you at and what are kind of your goals over the next couple of years? Yeah. Um, I don't know why I've decided this, but I just feel like this is my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally feel like after everything that I've been through, I'm at a really clean slate. And I am more jazzed about real estate than ever. I think all that I learned the past several years has really given me such a cool foundation to really fuse all those concepts. And I am just like I hit the ground running this year with real estate. And I was like, this is the year that all the things that I've said I was going to do for Mm -hmm. so long, I'm really going to execute. Mm -hmm. And I'm attending more events than ever. I'm, you know, adding more things into my business and integrating better and more strategic than ever. I've just decided this is it. So if I see something and I'm like, yep, this is a yes for my business, I don't even hesitate. I'm like, yep, here's my credit card. Like, yes, let's go. Let's roll. Or how do I sign up? Or, you know, how do I implement this? It's amazing what happens when you stop looking to save money and looking at how you can make money and starting to go to events and investing in yourself and investing in systems like it's, it's so scary at first. Like I totally understand that, but the minute that you stop doing that and you start putting in these things into your business, it's, it's completely changes it. For sure. And everything that I'm doing leads with my relationships. That's always been the top priority for me. I'm just not the like salesy, like snaky, like I'll just never be that person. I'm never going to be a slimy salesperson. Mm -hmm. I lead with my customer service and my relationships. And I just want to be in my client's corner and supporting them professionally and personally every step of the way. Like goals and striving to what they want is Mm -hmm. everything. And that's the same way it was with me with Pure Bar. That's the same way it is with real estate. And now taking that and really investing in that aspect for me, Mm -hmm. it feeds my soul. Yes. It's really mutually beneficial. Do you know so many women tell me they don't want to come off salesy? And it's funny because so many men in our industry will be like, we got to go back to basics. We got to build relationships. And I'm like, you know what? It's so funny because I'll sit there. I'm like, 
it's always been about that. And it's and it's so easy and natural for women, I feel like, to we just want to be friends with everybody. 100%. And so being able to build relationships, it's just, it's like, yes, that is literally how you build any business right. is relationships. So when people talk about going back to basics, it's like it never went away. Right. No, 100%. And I think that's why it works so well for my parents, too, because... They were husband and wife. And mm-hmm. as you know, in real estate, oftentimes we are kind of marriage counselors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's the biggest financial and emotional investment that anyone makes. Mm-hmm. So when you kind of have a husband and wife on the other side, it's that balance, right? Like if the husband needs to look at the numbers, like my dad was in it with them. If the wife needed to like cry because you lost out on an offer, like my mom was there with her. Like mm-hmm. I but I'm so grateful that I got both aspects from them because yes. I really am a blend of the two. That's so good. And I'll go like hustle and negotiate and do like random stuff that my mom will say like, oh, your dad always did that. But then I'm also the one like on the back end, like I had a client that texted me one day and she's like, thanks for being my emotional support realtor. <laughs> you know, it's like I love and thrive in that environment too mm-hmm. and really being human in those vulnerable moments with my clients as well. Yes. So. Yeah, that example, I think, is everything. Well, your clients are lucky to have you. you I'm yeah. sure you're an amazing agent. I sure think so. <laughs> and I've had so much fun having you on. And the way that I like to wrap this show up is by doing kind of like a spitfire question. So I'm going to say a word and you're going to say what comes to mind. Hmm. Okay, um, let's do real estate is? Everything. It's financial freedom. It's family. It's creative excitement. I mean, it's. It's everything to me. Okay, good. I love that. <laughs> and now this one's going to be kind of funny. Kitties are. Oh, <laughs> little floofs. <laughs> I love my kitties. Um, we've got Stoli and Jameson, and they're just my little snuggle bugs. They're- I knew you'd have a good answer, and you even have the voice to go with your cats. <laughs> I, I love it. it. They're ridiculous, and they're so opposite, too. Jameson's like, the little jerk cat and Stoli's the little sweet princess. They're my babes. I love it. <laughs> I love that you have them. That's so good. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for being a guest on our show. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm so grateful. And if you guys are uh, in the Chandler, Arizona area, make sure to keep on top of theflourishevent.com because we do events twice a year. And that does, you don't have to be in Arizona. Some people fly out for it. So, but make sure to always check up when the next event is and we'll talk soon. Yay.